Okay, guys. So we've all been stuck in that workout class where the music is just not hitting. And as a DJ, it is my civic duty to put you guys onto fabulous workouts with great music. So I love to break the news that Y7 Studio have just launched the new digital at-home platform in an exclusive partnership with Universal Music Group. And you know what that means. We can say goodbye to royalty-free loops on repeat. Thank God for that. With the best workouts set to all of our favorite songs, you can find this new offering at y7-studio.com. Unhinged customers get 25% off your first three months of this new monthly digital subscription. You can use the word unhinged, one word, at their website. The link is also in our episode bio down below. $15 a month, guys. That's the cost of too much lattes these days. It's a steal. Fabulous teachers, hundreds of new classes added each month. What the bloody hell are you waiting for? What's up, guys? We're back with another episode of Unhinged with the one and only an iconic special guest. It's me. It's a solo episode. And... I have some breaking news, which is why it's a solo episode. I am a mom. So I had Frankie, our baby girl, on February 23rd, 23rd, which is honestly a pretty epic birthday. She is a Pisces and she did come three weeks early. She gave me hell um, from her arrival. So she's... (laughs) taken right after me and yeah I wanted to share the story of how she came tearing into this world fully uninhibited so it's just me for today and it was honestly incredibly unexpected having her I mean almost a month early you could say that John and I are not um we're definitely not forward planners. We're more in the moment people. So we hadn't even packed our hospital bag yet. And it's, I think this episode is actually going to serve as the very last time that I tell this birth story because it kind of is a little bit of a traumatic one. So not traumatic in the sense that the best thing ever came out of it. So I obviously would do it a million times over. But this story, there's so many twists and turns to it. The labor itself uh, had a few complications. And every time I tell it, I feel like I relive it. And it definitely was not the birth I was expecting or planning for. It's really funny in hindsight now, thinking about a birth plan. I obviously had one. I wrote one. And Everything on my birth plan that I said I didn't want to do, I ended up having to do for the label. So let me get into the story of Frankie's birth. So we go to the doctors last week. And oh, by the way, I have an amazing OBGYN who I love. And we actually had our last miscarriage with him. So we've been down this like long you know, special journey together where we've had mishaps and 
you know, finally we get pregnant with him again and he's excited for us because obviously, you know, he's been there in the past and knows how badly we want this and he's great. John loves him. Oh my God. I just saw it a fly. Gus, you have to keep this part in, in the episode. Just telling my, my engineer not to edit that out because this is, this is, this is, all of this is just really happening right now. Guys, a fly just flew into my mouth or like one of those like little, those little ones, like those plant flies. Okay. So back to our doctor. Our doctor is rad and I didn't even feel like I needed a plan with him because he knows what's up. He knows me through and through. He knew everything that I wanted. I didn't really have to, you know, lay it out like that. But he was going away. So he was going to Australia, my motherland, for pride. I mean, who could blame him? Legend shit. I obviously wasn't going to be like, you can't go. And I guess... If you're a delivery doctor, there's never really a good time to leave. There's always someone giving birth. But like I said, Frankie's due date. Oh, oh my God, guys. Frankie's due date was today, the day that I'm recording. So you, you're going to get the episode tomorrow. But um, today is the 13th. And today was the day. Wow, this is so symbolic and circular. Today was the day Frankie was supposed to be born. And so Frankie was supposed to be born on the 13th of March and he was going to be back on the 6th. So we're like, he does the like check where he looks to see, you know, like if I'm close to dilate, uh, if I, you know, how the cervix is a cervix check. And he's like, oh, you're totally fine. You're definitely really far away. Don't worry. Um, you're not having the baby within the next two weeks. From what I can see, we're all good. But as you get closer to your due date, a lot of things can happen. And so the doctors do have you go in once a week to do vital checks. Basically, they take your blood and, you know, they check your blood pressure, just all the like standard stuff. But nothing really happens in these appointments, or so we thought. And John and I actually, funnily enough, used to complain about them. We would say, oh, it's such a pain having to go in once a week because it's not like you're getting a scan or an ultrasound, you know, those appointments are fun because you see the kid and you're like, hell yeah, like this is worth it. It was more like driving all the way down there and they make you get on the scale and they weigh you and they take your blood pressure and they're like, okay, you can go. You're like, that was two hours of my day that I'm not getting back and what a waste of time. But anyway, they make you go in once a week. So he leaves and I have an appointment with his stand-in, a lady I've never met before. And so we go to this appointment and we're three weeks, almost four weeks out um, from Frankie's due date. And we go thinking it's going to be a regular appointment. We do a vital check and she's like, hmm, your blood pressure is really high. Maybe you're nervous meeting me for the first time. And in my mind, I'm like, lady, I do not get nervous. Not, not for meeting you for the first time. And she's like, it's really high. Let's try it again. And this whole time, I've not had high blood pressure this entire pregnancy. It's never been an issue. It's never been discussed with our doctor. It's not something I've had to look out for. So, oh, and there were no symptoms. That's the other crazy thing. So it wasn't like I had, I felt like elevated heart rate or, you know, typically like 
there would be other indicators. I'm like, oh, okay, I feel completely normal. Like nothing's changed. We do it again and again. It's like really high and it's going up. And she's like, maybe you're just nervous. She's like, keeps thinking that I'm nervous to meet her. I'm like, I'm not nervous. But she's like, why don't you go home, get a blood pressure cuff, and you can monitor at home and then give me a call back in a few hours. And she goes, we'll see how it goes. You might need to deliver the baby today if the blood pressure keeps going up because they were worried that I potentially had developed preeclampsia, which is, um, someone told me Kim Kardashian had it. It's actually quite dangerous. So essentially, it if your blood pressure goes up, it can lead to certain things like seizures. And um, it's just something that happens in late pregnancy. It's common. And but it's quite dangerous to the mother and the baby. So she's like, go home, get a cough, um, monitor it and let me know. So we're still like doiking around. Like we're not really like taking this seriously. We are, but we aren't because we we don't think this is like, you know, it's kind of like unfolding in a way that's like not really something real or like it just felt like a misread. So we like go get Postmate. We get like sandwiches and we like come home and we get the cough and we start packing our hospital bag kind of like haphazardly, not really like packing it for real, but just like throwing stuff in being like, LOL, like imagine if we deliver the baby today. Not really thinking this through. And of course, we haven't packed the bags yet. Because, you know, we're almost a month away. So in, in our minds, we still had time. And so we put on the cough and we start tracking the blood pressure levels and the levels keep going up and up. And so now we start to get nervous. And so I call the doctors and I say, hey, like, this is where the numbers are at now. And they're like, I think something like 170 over 150, like really high, 170 over 150 maybe. But don't quote me on that. 170 over 120. Um, and so she's like, okay, you got to go to the hospital. Oh, very firmly. And that's when we realized, okay, we might be having the baby today. And we start like then really starting to pack like, oh, okay, like this is happening. We have to go get there. And 15 minutes later, I'm not even kidding you. The doctors call back and they're like, where are you? Have you left yet? And I'm like, no, I'm on the way. And they were like, it's urgent that you get to the hospital. And so now John and I are like, okay, like this is serious. We really have to get to the hospital. We get to the hospital. And we get there and they're like, oh, we weren't expecting you today. Uh, we didn't get a call from OBGYN. Are you sure you're supposed to be here? I'm like, yes. Like they have called us like twice to double check now that we're on the way. It seems pretty serious. And they're like, okay, we're just going to keep you in triage. And, you know, most likely we'll just do a few checks and then you'll probably go home. Like it's probably not serious. Great, fine. We didn't really want to deliver it today anyway. We've only just met this doctor for the first time. She's lovely, but this was not our plan. And so we go to triage and they take our blood pressure out, take my blood pressure again. And they take my blood pressure and they leave the room. They leave the room like fast. And then two women come rushing back in. And you know, when you're at the hospital and people like rush in and out of rooms, like that's how you know things aren't kind of going well. So like two women leave the room and they're like kind of hurry out and they're chatting to someone else outside. I'm like, mm, this doesn't feel very good. 
they come back in. They're like, okay, we're delivering today. We need to induce you now. (laughs) And so John and I are looking at each other like, okay, I guess we're having the baby today. Not what we thought we were going to do, but hey, let's go. If this elevated blood pressure leads to, you know, something that's detrimental to myself or Frankie, let's just, you know, get the show on the road. I'm totally not prepared. And in all honesty, I was always a little scared of labor. I was not one of those moms who was namaste. I love being pregnant. I want a natural epidural free birth and I want to do at home in a tub. I was very, take me to the hospital, give me an epidural, let's do this safely. This is my plan. None of either of those things happened. So when your blood pressure is rising, they put you on a magnesium IV essentially to mellow you out and kind of cancel out the like uprising of the blood pressure. So I get strapped into this first IV and it does kind of mildly lower the blood pressure, but it's still going up and they're like, okay, you know, we're at risk of you, you know, having a seizure or something a little more serious. We really do need to get the show on the road. Now, Frankie's like really not wanting to come out. So we have to induce and we try a few methods. So we do, the first one we do is Pitocin, which you can go up to like a level 24, I believe. And they started me on five and we just keep edging it up. And Pitocin is a medication that causes, it creates these synthetic contractions and it gets you to where you need to be to deliver the baby. Now, for those of you who are new here, which by the way, I was extremely new and didn't know anything about pregnancy up until I got pregnant. So to go into labor and have the baby, you need to be dilated 10 centimeters. So they start giving me these contractions, hoping to get the dilation process happening. And Oh, there's Frankie. She's crying. Um, I'm really like at home with a baby. Um, and she and she's just not ready to come out. And we start the pitocin, and it's strong. And you know the contract. They they say that these like contractions are more um like more painful and definitely stronger to like regular ones because it's like forcing and tricking your body into it. And it starts off mellow and they keep like ramping it up and ramping it up and hoping that I'm going to start like getting dilated, like my cervix will start dilating. And it just doesn't happen. And so they're like, all right, like let's ramp up the Pitocin levels. Let's ramp up the Pitocin levels. And so like now it's like, it's kind of starting to hurt and they're like, okay, we need to, you know, try another method because this isn't really going to plan. So let's like insert this balloon into you and like expand it and then like tug on the balloon and like keep tugging on it until it like can tug out, which means it's like you're dilated enough. It's called the Foley balloon method. Not something I'd heard of before incredibly painful. I do not recommend doing it without pain meds. They offered them to me in the beginning and I was like, no, I got this. Just insert it up and let's go thinking I could do it without. Rookie mistake. Have you seen that meme of that big piece of steak? Big mistake. That was me. I'm dumb. 
I'm Dumbo. I should not have tried to do that. So I'm telling them, don't worry, just just do it. And they're saying, most people have pain meds for this. Are you sure? I'm thinking I can do this without the pain meds. They insert, <laughs> they insert it up. It is so freaking painful. Um, and they then like insert it all the way up. And so then they keep they they keep coming back and tugging on this balloon, hoping that it'll like come out, which will mean that I've dilated to a certain point. So the nurses like come in and out and they tug the balloon, still not fully out, and they go back out the room. And all the while they keep like ramping up the Pitocin. And at this point, like my contractions are painful, you know, and they hope that I, you know, eventually getting like dilated to a certain point, but it's not really happening and the balloon's not really coming out. So they keep like coming back to check and coming back to check. And they're like, okay, this isn't really going to plan. We're not really getting this to a place we need it to be. Let's try another method. And so they like finally tug the balloon out. I'm in pain. I'm in excruciating pain at this point. And they're saying to me, we really suggest that you, oh, they manually break my water with something apparently that looks like a coat hanger. I can't see like any of this. John's like watching it and I can see his face and he looks horrified. And he's looking at me like, this is not what we had planned. And that's when I kind of know things are going awry. You know, like when your partner has that face, you, you know, when you're in an event with your partner or you're somewhere and they're looking at you like, this is not this is not it. And you're giving each other subliminal signals. I could see him processing that in the corner alone, but he's trying to keep a calm face. So I'm not getting worried, but I already know that the shit's hitting the fan because nothing's moving along. Like they keep coming back in to see if, you know, we're any closer to where we need to be. And they're like, oh, still not there. So then they manually break my water and they're like, we really recommend you take, you know, meds to manage the pain because at this point I'm like in so much pain that I start projectile vomiting and this is why I actually could not imagine going through this pregnancy without a supportive partner because John's like holding my hair back and holding this like vomit back for me to vomit and I'm just like projectile vomiting everywhere so they start giving me fentanyl like a very low dose of fentanyl to manage my pain and they like give me a few doses of this and I just keep vomiting more and more. I'm like projectile vomiting everywhere. At this point, like they're doing everything they can cut to 24 hours later. No, I'm not joking. This is how long it goes for. Like the doctors like come, gone home, like had a full day and then come back. And then she's like, okay, like how's it going? Are we still sure we want to do it this way? What's going on? It feels like, you know, we need to progress to the next level, but I'm still trying my very best to, you know, not have a C-section, do this very fairly naturally, but I'm getting to the point where I'm weak. I've thrown up like all my fluids. I've been at this for a day and I'm super out of it at this point. Um, and they're just like giving me all this medication. It's like very American, you know, they're like, oh, you, you're vomiting, yes. Here's anti-nausea meds. Oh, you need like pain. Let me like, oh, you're in pain from the balloon. Let me give you fentanyl. Like, it's just like I'm taking more and more meds. I'm getting, and I'm someone who doesn't even take Advil, by the way. So I'm getting more and more out of it. Like, 
to the point where like my eyes are rolling in the back of my head. I can't sit up properly. They keep like putting me into different positions to try to get Frankie to move. And we just can't get there. So 24 hours in, the doctor comes back in. She's like, hey, I think we need like plan B at this point. Like it doesn't seem like you're stuck at five centimeters. And the other crazy thing is they keep ramping up the Pitocin. So we started at five, maximum 24. Now I'm at 18. And my body's just like going to these shockwaves of pain. And they're like monitoring my heartbeat and Frankie's heartbeat and her heartbeat's dipping. They're like, we really need to just get this baby out. We've broken the amniotic sac. So there's no fluid around her. We just need to get the show on the road. So like John, the doctor and I like all look at each other and we're like, okay, let's like do the alternative, which is C-section. And obviously I didn't really want to have a C-section because it's major surgery. And I had at this time pushed for 24 hours, right? Like I had already done the work in my mind of a natural labor when I say natural I mean like uh, vaginal labor so I'm annoyed because I don't want to have a surgery I don't want to recover from a surgery but it doesn't look like but they're telling me that Frankie's vitals are dropping and her heart rate's dipping and of course like in my mind I'm like well let's just get her out and we'll do anything to get her out safely so they rush us into c-section they um they give me the epidural they give me the anesthesia so at this point, I'm on magnesium, fentanyl, epidural, anesthesia, pitocin. I'm like on this cocktail of drugs. I'm so out of it. I could not even tell you my name. And John's like, are you okay? Like, are you on board? Is this, uh, you know, how do you feel? And I'm like, I can't even speak. I'm like, let's just get that baby out. So we rush, we rush in, they get the baby out. They hand me the baby at the end. I'm like coming in and out of it. I can smell blood. They're asking me like, what kind of music do you want? I'm like, I don't know. I'll just play whatever. Like I, I can't even like think straight at this point. Cause like, I'm just going in and out hazy of consciousness and non-consciousness. And my arms are shaking and they strap your arms down. Like kind of like, um, you know, when you're, out of into institution where they strap you down because apparently like your arms like flail around while they're cutting you so finally they deliver the baby they unstrap me and they're like try to get me to do you know in my birth plan I had obviously said you know I want to delay cord clamping and I want skin to skin and all this stuff but I'm so out of it that I can't even like hold my body upright or like stop my hands I'm just like wildly flapping around so they give me Frankie and I'm freaking out that I'm gonna drop her because my arms are like I'm like convulsing and shaking off all the meds and I give her like it's the saddest thing guys I like give her back because I'm like I can't hold her I can't hold her and John's like just try like I'll hold her on you type thing because like I'm freaking out I'm gonna drop this baby she's like four pounds and they're like, you can do it. I'm like, no, I'm too high and I'm freaking out. And then finally the drugs slowly start to wear off and I'm holding her, um, realizing that we've had the baby. It was the gnarliest 24 hours. And it's a little sad, honestly, because it's, you know, not the way we wanted to deliver. And I think when you think about being pregnant and labor you have all these like grand ideas of it's going to be majestic I'm going to do it my way and then I'm going to hold the baby and 
everything will be falling into place and I suddenly be enlightened that this is the meaning of the human existence. And like, once I hold my daughter, like, it'll just be, you know, the best feeling in the world. And I can't even remember holding my daughter. Actually, I was saying, please take her away from me. I can't be trusted from her with her. And even as I look back on John's photos, because he had taken a lot of photos of the labor, I don't remember any of, you know, the cord clamping or this or that, um, certain things that happened towards the end. I was just kind of knocked out. So it was a little bit of a bummer, but obviously we have her and she's perfect. And so nothing else really matters, obviously, because we have the most beautiful daughter ever. She's perfect. Um, and yeah, and then so that was the birth of the baby and just rambled for like 20 minutes straight. But um, it's been a crazy ride and then it got crazier. We ended up staying at the hospital for a week. I was in a high-risk room. She was in the NICU. There were so many issues. She went blue at one point. They had to keep her to monitor her, her and... I finally got off all the IVs and medication and realized that we'd given birth to an actual child because I was so out of it, guys. Like, I could not have told you what country I was in. And when I finally came around to it the next day, the nurse came in and she said, how are you doing? Would you like us to, you know, check your pain levels? And I said to her, take me off everything. Take me off all these things. And she's looking at John saying, "Uh, your wife wants all the medication removed and we don't really recommend that type thing. And my doctor came in and I said, please just like get all these IVs and catheter and like I'd rather be in pain and be conscious and be able to eat because also when you're on magnesium, you can't eat for 24 hours after. So at this point, I haven't eaten for like two days. And I was like, please just like get me off these meds. Like I want to hold my daughter. I don't want to feel so lightheaded. I you know, I just like kind of want to get moving and I'd rather be in pain than be medicated and hooked up to like three different IVs with like a catheter running out of me. It's like disgusting. So they finally like unhook everything. I eat, I eat for the first time. This is how you know that I'm so out of it and so hungry. I'm like eating the hospital food and I'm like, this food is amazing. And John's like, "Mm, you just haven't eaten in a really long time. I'm like shoveling down like the hospital jello like oh this is the best jello I've ever had I'm holding Frankie and just thinking you know like it was all worth it in the end which was and um yeah that was my birth story it's a kind of funny story because it was the opposite to what I thought I was gonna have or do but it was essentially every single thing that I had written in my birth plan was like no Pitocin, no C-section, no pain medication. And it was the total opposite to what I had planned. Um, But that's okay because at the end of the day, the babies come the way they're supposed to. And all that matters is she's safe and perfect. And now we've been home. I mean, she's almost two and a half weeks, which is kind of crazy because I have not left the house. Like I have been in my baby bubble, um, just like feeding and nursing and like looking after her and just watching everything, you know, from a distance, like the Oscars and Paris Fashion Week and 
the rest of the world just go on and I'm like in this like weird time lapse where it's just me and her and John and Soy of course and nothing else really exists or matters and the rest of the world just keeps happening. It's a really weird feeling. It's like everything is just like happening around you and you're like none of this stuff means anything. This is the only thing that means anything which is like how I would describe having a child. Not to be one of those like annoying, insufferable people who are like, my child is this, my child is that. But you really realize it puts into perspective what matters. And the second we got home with her, it was like the universe just stopped. And everything I thought mattered or everything I thought like needed or was worthy of my attention, actually wasn't. So right now we're in our little nesting phase of just hanging out with the baby and having a few friends come by and drop stuff off, like very sweet friends who have been dropping food off and groceries, but we're in little Frankie world. And yeah, guys, that's what I wanted to share with you is the birth story of the most important person in my life, my child. And so many of you have reached out and, and you know, asked asked about the labor and I posted a few things about having a C-section and, and so many people have been really lovely with, you know, giving me tips on recovering and getting, you know, getting back on track after surgery because it is major surgery and you do forget that, you know, you have to, I'm not someone who, is like a rest at home type of person. I'm usually like quite restless and always need to be doing things and always want to be doing stuff. So for me to have like not left the house and just been in this bubble, like you really know that it, you just get sucked into this world. But yeah, now my world is breastfeeding and Frankie, Frankie vibes and just getting through the next few weeks of healing. So you're going to be hearing more of me, more of my rambling because like I have nothing to do. I'm just going to be here talking to you guys. And um, I didn't want to share today's episode because, you know, I wanted to share our epic story of her birth and I didn't want to share it with a guest. So I wanted to do all the talking for once because normally, you know, normally I'll have someone and, and I'll kind of like let them take the reins and I wanted to take the reins this week. So it was so fun doing this solo app, and I will be back next week as per normal with a guest. Promise it won't be me rambling on about shit for, you know, 30 minutes straight, but um, it was truly the best moment of my life, and I feel like I actually understand why I'm here, not to be cheesy and corny, but... I feel like I have just like this new purpose and meaning that maybe if you've had a kid and you know you can understand and like I totally need new mom friends so please reach out <laughs> reach out with all the tips on um, healing with a c-section newborn sleep training nursing I would love to hear from you if you liked the show, if you've loved the show or you like this week's episode or if you, you know, you just want to do a nice thing, feel free to leave us a loving review. It takes two seconds and it's $3.99 for you to do. And I will be back with next week for more. 
And that's all for now. Ciao for now.